Hello, my name is April, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, it's on for recording purposes only. There is no amplification in this room. So, if I may have your attention, there is no amplification in this room. The microphone is for recording purposes only. I hope you can hear me. Can you hear me all right? Good. <clears throat> My name is April, and I'm a compulsive overeater and the leader of this meeting today. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Before we begin, uh, we ask that all cell phones and other electronic equipment be turned off. And even if you think it's off, please check again. I also have an announcement that as of 5 o'clock tonight, we have a few more Saturday dinner and Sunday breakfast speaker event tickets available for sale. Dinner is $50 and breakfast is 30 you can go to the registration table right on this floor to get your ticket. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. OA members are reminded when sharing to speak to your recovery in the program of Overeaters Anonymous only. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. If there is press in the room, please do not take any unauthorized pictures or identity or identify anyone using their full name. There will be audio recordings of this workshop, which you may purchase outside in the foyer. The format of this meeting is I will share for 20 minutes followed by five minutes of ask it basket questions, so that will be roaming around the room, finishing up with open sharing. The topic for this session is learning to feel our feelings. Um, to begin, uh, we'll read from for today on page six. Acceptance is the simple act of going through what is presently facing me, be it pain, anger, despair, hopelessness, or their opposites. When life as it really is becomes a fact that I accept as naturally as I breathe, events lose their power to throw me off balance or disturb, or disturb the basic rhythm of my life. Well, that's certainly something to aspire to. So um, I'm going to, uh, when I was asked to speak on this topic, I thought, okay, learning to feel my feelings. I got abstinent. I started feeling feelings. Um, and I thought, well, that's kind of oversimplification. And I thought I'd go back to, well, what were some of the feelings I, I had stopped feeling? <clears throat> and the, um, there were a couple that really um, were themes in my life. One was uh, fear of loneliness. Um, I was the first child born in my family. And um, for many people, that means being doted on, being the center of attention. But soon after, like only 13 months later, 
a sister came along, and I was no longer the center of anybody's attention. And that kind of broke my heart. Um, so we can hear the little violins. <laughs> um, the other thing was anger. And I remember um, at the age of five, um, my father was from the school of eat everything on your plate, don't put your elbows on the table, don't talk unless with your, you're with your mouth full, um, those kind of things. And he was very strict about it, especially when he was having a drink while we were eating. And I remember one night, my sister and I were having our dinner that our mother, who was not a very good cook, had prepared, and we had decided that it was not very tasty. And I remember, in fact, what it was. Um, I think we're not supposed to mention foods here, but I'll tell you, it wasn't sweet. Um, And... um, There were some things that were a little overcooked, and I was just chewing and chewing and chewing and chewing. And anyway, it wasn't very um, appealing. And so I stopped eating, and my sister stopped eating because there was something in there that she didn't like. And my father said, you're going to eat. And I just remember getting really obstinate and saying no. And we ended up having a fight. I call it my food fight story. Not that there was fight food thrown around, but at that point, I learned um, I learned about powerlessness. I learned that I was powerless over this human being um, who could punish me because I didn't do what I was told, even though I didn't like it. And I learned that even if I thought I was right, that didn't count. Um, you know, I think it's really, in today's age, we can, we think how horrible it is to make a child do something against their will that is going to break their spirit. And I think that's what happened to me. And so as I grew older, um, my defense became, be perfect, be a people pleaser, make this person who is so much more powerful and bigger and stronger and angrier than me, um, not have any cause to punish me. Now, this didn't always work, but that was kind of my strategy was, well, if I do everything right, if I don't mess up, if I'm not bad, I'll be okay. And that kind of led to this thing called perfectionism, which, as we know, perfectionism is really a fallacy because no one can be perfect. (laughs) And so when we fail, when we are not perfect, which is going to be practically every day of our lives in one way or another, for me it meant not only, oh, did I fail at something or did I make a mistake, but that I was a mistake, I was a failure. And this kind of just blended right into um, the fear of loneliness that, okay, when I mess up, I'm not um, worthy and I'm going to be left alone and nobody loves me and woe is me. So um, at uh, the age of when I got to puberty, I found food as a coping mechanism for, for loneliness, fear, anger, and all sorts of other things. 
And um, that's what I, that became my new strategy for um, coping. And I didn't have to feel those feelings anymore. And when I became an adult, I realized I was kind of numb. My father, who was an alcoholic, would kind of bounce between being really angry and um, strict to giving us these, you know, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and things are going to be great. And I learned after a while not to believe that. Um, I learned that anything good could be taken away. So I just kind of shut down emotionally. And food really um, enabled that along with, you know, a few other things I dabbled in as a teenager. But food was the consistent in my life. And I became um, addicted to eating as a way to cope. Um, And the way, you know, as it is with any addiction, we just need more, more, more. And at a certain point, I just couldn't, I, I was desperate. And so I came into OA. I was about 48 years old. So I'd lived a long time and struggled a long time with dieting, losing weight, gaining it back, um, gaining more. And I, um, I was really ready. I was at my bottom. And so I was really lucky that I found abstinence in this in these rooms, and an, and a sponsor, because once I stopped using food, I became aware of so many other things in my life that I hadn't been dealing with: unhappiness, fear of loneliness, anger, all those feelings. Some of them were old feelings that I've been feeling all my life, and some of them were new feelings, like I'm angry with my boss, I'm angry with my spouse, um, and I hate myself, I still hate myself, um, and things like that. And so I was you know, able to learn to deal with those feelings because I learned to use the tools of this program. And I had a sponsor who worked the steps with me. And it sounds very easy, and I know, but I know that it's not, that in the course of finding um, a higher power, which I did not have before I came here, I learned that there was an anecdote for fear, which is faith. And um, that anger was poison to me. And I learned the tools of, um, of writing and 10 steps to deal with that and sharing with my sponsor and other fellows in the program. And, this, and my fourth step inventory, I have to say, helped me put my fears and anger in perspective. Because by then, I could no longer blame my parents for... Um, those feelings. And I could see that really maybe that fear of loneliness was now obsession with self. It was self-centeredness, self-centered fear, not like fear that someone's going to beat me up. Because by then, I mean, there were still some scary moments in my life. And there were times when my life felt 
um, unsafe. But for the most part, those fears were um, more fears in, in me and not real fears. And so this program has really helped me ferret out feelings that are based in today versus feelings that I'd not learned how to deal with as a younger person. And um, I forgot, I apologize to qualify at the beginning of this, which is I've been in OA for 15 years and abstinent for practically all that time through the um, grace of this program. So um, probably the, the hardest part for me was being uh, abstinent and feeling lonely, even though I was married at the time. I just felt this extreme loneliness because for the first time, I was in a position to figure out who the hell I was and what I wanted to do in my life. And that was scary. And I put this pressure on myself, probably a little bit of that perfectionism, to think that I had to come up with the answer and I had to come up with it now. But thanks to the love that I found in these rooms and a loving sponsor and a higher power, um, I took my time because I did the steps. And it took me five years of concerted step work using the tools um, and abstinence for me to be able to step out into the world and be who who I am and lead the life I wanted to lead. And that was 10 years ago, and um, today I'm really, really grateful for the, for the life that I have. Um, and uh, I was uh, laid off from a job that I'd had for 25 years, about last fall I was laid off. And people said, okay, well, now's the time you can figure out what is your passion? What do you want to do for the, your next career? What is your passion? <laughs> My wife looks at me and is like, your passion is OA. <laughs> I, I know, I can't get paid for this, you know. You can't pay me. Um, and I, you know, for all the joy and, and wisdom that I've experienced here. So um, I think one of the great things in this program is the fellowship, that we get to share our feelings with each other, and by golly, we find out we have a lot of the same feelings, and some of us have had some of the same traumas that have led to those, and we're learning. We get to model each other how to cope in new and really wonderful ways that enable us to grow, and uh, my wife, who's not in program, asks me every now and then, so how is this different from therapy? Why doesn't therapy help you with this? And I go, well, I have never, and I've done therapy. I have nothing against therapy. But a ther- I have never had a therapist say to me, I'm a compulsive overeater. I suffered from eating and weight gain, and here's what I did. I get to hear that here, and I get to share that with others. And um, as Bill W. learned uh, so many years ago that I can't keep what I don't give away. And so when I step up to do service, I'm really doing it for me to be reminded of the growth that I've experienced and the friends that I've made and the miracles that have happened in my life. So with that... Um, I'll just say that the tools are indispensable. 
the steps really work. And if you are having an issue with a higher power or a sponsor or anything like that, the thing that I, um, I think I realized without knowing it at the time was I was more miserable fighting the solution than it was difficult and scary embracing the solution. So um, I'm just here to say this program works, and thanks for listening. Okay, ask it basket. Oh, thank you. There, and there are more coming. Well, these are really good questions, and maybe some of you will have the answers. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, how did I learn not to feel my feelings? Um, share an example from childhood. Well, um, aside before I discovered overeating, one thing was imagination, actually. Um, uh, my family kind of became semi-homeless, meaning um, we were camping out in my aunt and uncle's house for about a year. And, um, you know, my whole life kind of got upside down. We were not only in somebody else's house, but we were like three-quarters of the way across the whole country. So I didn't have the relatives and friends that I was used to having. And so I just started drawing houses and imagining living somewhere. And back in the day when there were catalogs, mail order catalogs, um, I'd, for, I'd pick out furniture and things like that. And so that's how I c coped. And I didn't have to deal with anything going on around me. Um, but I would say food is a real good, um, you know, we say stuff your feelings. Um, and what's eating you kind of thing. Um, that's, there's a lot of wisdom in that. So um, I definitely would go for the food. And, it's, and then it's the physical addiction takes over. So it's not like I have to make a choice. Um, it's not a conscious strategy. Okay. This is a feelings disease. If we don't deal with our feelings, they will deal with us. Can you share an example in your current life and recovery? So I'm not sure um, exactly what the question is about, but the way I would answer it is when I'm having um, feeling, when I'm feeling anxietous, when I'm feeling depressed, um, when food starts to look more attractive to me than what I'm supposed to be doing, um, I, you know, I do an inventory. I mean, I try to do a inv uh, daily inventory daily, but I don't always get to it. And um, I check in with my sponsor, and she always has a great writing assignment for me, a reading assignment, um, things like that. And a lot of it has to do with inventorying. Inventory that fear, in, you know. And um, so, and what's the fear that it will happen? What's your fear that it won't happen? Um, she refers me to the steps, reading out of the 12 and 12. And um, 
And sometimes it's go to extra meetings, uh, reach out, like I said before, using the tools. Um, let's see. What love-based feelings show up in your life? Wow. Um, well, I can just say that when I became absent and worked the, worked the steps, and even before I changed my life to, be, to live the life I wanted, everyone around me noted that it wasn't the physical recovery that was noticeable. It was the smile on my face. It was my energy was so much more positive, and it seemed like I was embracing life, and I wasn't obsessed with myself and fear. Um, so um, I guess that's love-based. Um, I, I don't know what else I attribute it to program, and love is... You know, it's something that we go to our higher powers for. And if your higher power doesn't love you, you need to get a new one. Okay. How are we doing on time? What do I do when I do negative, have negative feelings? Well, that happens all the time. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, restraint of pen and um, email is really important. So it's fine to type it out, but just don't press send. It's better to uh, call your sponsor. (laughs) Um, And how do I live with pain? Well, you know, there are things in my life that I am totally incapable of changing and fixing, like the estrangement that I have with some members of my family, and it breaks my heart when I think about it. Um, And... um, my sponsor, you know, has heard me share about this with her. Every time the family thing gets, you know, there's a family situation that comes up. Service, working with others. Um, and there's a passage in the big book about, um, it's about the part on sex, actually. Um, so it's kind of like when I hear that, when um, when you're having problems with your sex relations, service is the best solution. So that's what I try to um, model and give to my sponsees as an option. So I think that's it for the Ask It Basket. And now it is time for open sharing. And what that means is you're going to come up to the podium and sign this release right here. There's a pen underneath my name. And you can share, and I believe it's, uh, t- are the time, yeah, three-minute timed shares. And after that, we'll be closing the meeting. So come on up, talk into the mic, sign the release. and Hi, my name is... My, my name is Rex. I'm a compulsive reader and exercise bulimic. And I, I have a uh, struggle with uh, feeling feelings, and uh, so that's why I wanted to share. Uh, luckily, today I don't. I'm not compulsively overeating over them. Um, uh, 
sometimes I try to escape my feelings by uh, doing maybe some exercise and stuff or whatever. But but what was what, what really has helped me though throughout the years, and I, and I want to share it because if I remember it, maybe or speak it out loud, maybe I'll do it more often. Uh, one of them is calling somebody in program or somebody that understands and share it. Like I'm feeling sad about that. Uh, uh, this date I went on didn't work out or whatever. And, and all of a sudden I share about it and talk about it and uh, I might get some feedback or not, but I am not, uh, I'm not holding it in trying to make some sense of it or whatever. Another thing that really helped me, I, I've been to a treatment center for uh, compulsively overeating. So uh, I remember one time the therapist said, well, write down uh, how you're feeling every day. And at the end of the week, he said, well, what did you write down? And I said, he looked at my notebook, and there was nothing there. And I said, well, I'm feeling fine. And uh, so, anyway, I've come a little bit further than that uh, since then. But the, So what helped me out was uh, at a time, and I th- might help other people, is that uh, I, I think you can get them online. I don't know if you've ever seen these charts with a lot of little faces, and some of them say sad, happy, frustrated, uh, all these things. So I had, I had one laminated. I printed one out laminated. And I had it in my journal, and I could wake up in the morning and, and look at the little faces. Because I, I don't know what feelings are. I just feel like I, there's something going on. But it, if I identified what it was, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling jealous. I'm feeling frustrated. Oh, that's what I'm feeling. It's not that I need to eat or whatever. I'm just feeling a little frustrated that uh, whatever the case may be. So I wanted to share that. Uh, thank you for letting me share. I know there's a lot of people. So. I'm Kimberly. I'm a food addict. I don't know about y'all, but um, whenever I thought I was about to have a feeling, I would eat over it. So um, I've I've been in program for 17 years, abstinent for 15, maintaining an 80-pound weight release. And um, shit has happened in the last 17 years, like really horrible, crappy stuff has happened. And so um, I'm grateful for the steps because the steps really help me feel my feelings because a lot of things that I have feelings over, I'm completely powerless over. So what that does is the acknowledgement of step one and the powerlessness over other things that happen around me. Um, what it does is it, it, it clicks in for me. The thing I think about is I don't have any power over them. So what do I have power over? Which is usually what I'm going to do about my feelings. And then we have these beautiful steps about how to deal with feelings, particularly resentments and fears, but all of our feelings really. Um, And, you know, I work the steps around them. I write about them. I um, do an inventory around them. I I, um, give them away to my sponsor. And you know what? It's okay to feel uncomfortable and not know what that is and not eat over it. That to me was like mind blowing. I'm like, whoa! Oh my god! Um, that and I, went, I remember the first thing I asked my um, my therapist after I started coming to OA. This is like back in the day, and I'm like, am I normal? Is this feeling normal? Because I had no idea what normal was. And what she said was, if you're feeling it, that is normal. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, the other thing is that. Feelings a lot of times aren't fact. They're not based in fact. In fact, every fear I have is not based in fact. Not one. In case anyone's wondering, at least for me, your fears might be different, and I can respect that. But, you know, usually my fear is about something in the future that I have no control over, like dying alone in a ditch underneath a bridge. You know, that's usually like if I 
drill down to those feelings, that's what I'm feeling. Um, that's the fear, the bottom, the bottom fear, bottom line fear. And just, just to also clarify that God does for us a higher power, however we define it, does for us what we, we cannot do for ourselves. The day my mother-in-law died, the day my brother, who was only 42, was diagnosed with cancer, the day that my mother hit a bus looking for my kids because I forgot to tell her someone else picked them up after school. Um, all of those things, um, you know, getting through um, giving birth twice abstinently. I mean, all of those things that I never thought anybody would ever be able to get through abstinently. It is possible to feel feelings and not eat over them. And that is the hope and the strength and the experience that we all have as a community that we can share with one another when the proverbial crap hits the fan. And we're all here for each other. And as long as we don't take the bite, then we have another experience to share. And so I just want to encourage everyone to keep coming back and to connect with, every, to connect with each other because that's where the solution happens. Hi, my name is Denise. I am a compulsive reader. My top weight was about 320 pounds, and I'm maintaining a 100-pound loss, and that's wonderful, and I'm really grateful, and I'm grateful to the program for that. Uh, coming up here, my feelings are coming to this convention. My feelings have been wagging around. I have a son. He's a wonderful guy, and the relationship blooms and gets better and better and better at one time we weren't talking to each other and that's the gift of the program and this is this is what sticks with me and it says face your stuff or stuff your face and that's me uh either I face my feelings or I end up eating over them and coming here to this convention and listening to the readings out of uh, the doctor's opinion and the readings out of Bill's story and how much they relate to me. I'm realizing now I haven't used food to the point of anesthetizing myself. And that's what I normally did. I didn't want to feel, and I didn't want to be here. And I ate to the point where I had no feelings. And I certainly haven't done that. But I'm looking for that perfect abstinence. And I'm trying to form that still. And I've been around since... Uh, in 85, I stopped drinking, so and then I got here, I lost half my body weight uh, back in 81 and 82. Uh, so, I mean, I, I know the program. I've worked the program. I've had the pink cloud, uh, and I, I'm very grateful to this program. But that was yesterday, and now I'm in a lawsuit, and I realize the lawsuit is making a difference, and it comes uh, on the 14th of July, and my lawyer wants me to have a three-ring binder ready for him Wednesday morning, and I've fooled around and procrastinated on what to do with it, and I'm going to sit down and write it out and do it. But I've come to this convention, as I do every year, and I progress, and I feel that progress, and I'm very, very grateful for the people who put their binders together and who put this program together so I could feel these feelings and not be afraid. Thank you. Hi, I'm Catherine Capulse Feeder Bulimic, and I've been 
Hi, it's great to be here. I've been abstinent about 15 years and um, about 60 pound weight loss around there. But the reason I'm sharing is just more of a check-in for me. Um, this is, and I know my people who know me from the program where I'm from probably get sick of hearing this, but I'm having a, um, this has been a real challenge for me in my recovery. I have don't have a desire to compulsively eat or do anything like that. The, the, I haven't had this depth of loneliness in in my abstinence uh, just because of life circumstances and things have happened. Um, and it's really, it's a tough one for me. Uh, and I'm doing what's good is that I work with my sponsor. I, I do, I do service. I reach out. I do the next right step. I connect with people and call people and do more service and try to, because whether it's within program or my community, because I know that getting out of myself is really helpful, but it's still hard at night. And so I'd love ideas for what do people do. And it's been a while and it's, it's one of the things I'm learning this program and I've learned, it's like not, it's God's time, not my time. And I use it as an opportunity to learn and grow in my recovery. Cause when things are tough, that's a good opportunity to really step up my program but it doesn't feel good. So I'm, there's wonderful things that feel great in my life. This is a difficult one. So that would be, um, great to hopefully, you know, after the, um, just people sharing what they're doing with that. I know we don't do that at the group level, but, um, anyone have ideas for me, how they're coping with that? Thank you. Hi, I'm Lisa, compulsive overeater. I never would have thought I'd stand up here today, but unfortunately, my higher power told me to do it, and I'm going to do it. Um, I started, I'm a baby to this program. I've been abstinent for two years, and I have never felt my feelings in my entire life. And so I've, I've, on my face, you will see the happiest person you've ever seen at all times. I was a great actress, I was an, and I was in high school drama. And I was people-pleasing since I was, you know, knee-high to a grasshopper, whatever that expression is. And I always had a smile, and I would, everyone thought I was so happy, and, you know, I have a lot of friends, you know, my life looks great on the outside, I've had a successful career, all these things, but I just could not control the food and I couldn't stop. And it just got worse and worse. And at one time I weighed 317 pounds. That was my highest weight. And I actually weigh less than I did in high school right now. So that's exciting. Um, but I think when it came to step four, that was the clincher. I was so I, first of all, I thought I didn't have any resentments. I'm like, well, I don't resent anybody. I love everybody. I was so deep in denial. That's a huge part of my story too. And when we had to write down, you know, about, um, the people that have hurt us, what do you mean my part in it? Me? I didn't do anything. Yes, I did. And when I did all that and I realized my part in it and I realized my obsession with myself and, 
you know, being everything was about me and I wanted it my way or the highway. And I was, you know, had all these character defects, which I didn't think I had either. And, but now God has them and I keep giving them to him. But, um, when I walked through the steps and for anyone that's new in the program or, or really going to do the fourth step and the fifth step, when I gave that away, because I was so fearful of writing it. It took me forever. But when I gave it away, I felt I walked out of that room with the biggest gorilla off my back because it's okay. God loves me. My higher power is my answer for everything because I live in a lot of anxiety and fear, to be quite honest. I grew up in an alcoholic home, never knew what I could count on and what I couldn't. And so I did everything myself. I'm, you know, a very independent woman, Um, and I took care of myself and now I'm married and newly married and I'm allowing other people to do things for me and, um, not having to do everything myself. And I've opened up a lot to letting people know, um, my defects or myself. They really know I'm letting people really know the inside of me. So anyway, thank you for being here and thank you for letting me share. Um, I'm taking a little commercial break here while they sign the thing. Um, And one thing I forgot to say in my share is um, feelings are not defects of character. Um, I've had so many people, especially early in recovery, say to me, anger is my number one defect of character. And it's like, no, it's what we do with that. Um, it's being controlling, it's being, it's gossiping, things like that. So our feelings are fine. <laughs> it's just what we do with them. Uh, I'm Roslyn. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I'm so grateful to be here. I've been on a marathon in this room for the last 24 hours and starting to feel like old friends come and visit. Um, <clears throat> and uh, this is a big turnout for this room um and i i I think it's a hot topic um for me i was raised in an alcoholic family um a a military family um a tyrannical father uh i we had a lot of strange things at dinner time dinner time was a terrifying time um i came from a family where you you um you don't speak, um, and your, uh, you know, children are to be seen and not heard. <clears throat> I had to clear my plate no matter um, what, and um, and I had to eat a lot of foods that were almost um, repulsive to me, and I I would get gag reflexes, and I. And to this day, I mean, even I've, I've been in OA since 1984. Uh, to this day, I still have a compulsion to clear my plate. And, <clears throat> um, and uh, sometimes I would, as a child, I would take the food and I would put it in my napkin, spit it out in my napkin and feed the dog underneath the table with it and be terrified that my father would see that. And if he did see something like that, I would get hit so hard I would be knocked off of my chair and across the room and slammed up against the wall. So I learned at a very early age 
to not feel anything. I, I, I shut down, and I, 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 people, I've heard so many people talk about people-pleasing in the last 24 hours. I became a consummate people-pleaser. I would read you to see what you wanted me to say, um, and, um, and it was um, – I, I was so out of touch with anything I felt that – and when I came into OA – I, I, too, discovered the feeling chart of seeing, like, something. I have a feeling chart that I still use to this day of about 78 feelings. And I write in a journal every day, and I pick out faces, not even just one, but multiple faces that we can feel multiple feelings simultaneously that are contradictory. We can feel love and hate and and terror and joy and and. That was so new to me that that we were the complexity of feelings and and allowing them and, and that feelings come and go just like thoughts come and go and to not um, my time is up already <laughs> so thank you so much I'm so grateful to be here it's just been a joy my first convention and. Hi, my name is Tony, and I'm in recovery. And two, my higher power sent me up here, and I'm going, whoa. Uh, But one thing that has helped me get in touch with my feelings, and if you'll all just kind of bear with me, uh, if you would just put both your feet on the floor and put anything down that you have in your hands, and then close your eyes. And then usually I take three deep breaths, but because we're short on time, I'm just going to ask you to take one deep breath. And then put all your attention into your left ankle, or the, your left heel, actually the back of your foot. And then from there, move that attention to your right knee. And from your right knee, if you could go to your left hip. And put all your attention in your left hip. And remember to breathe. And now put it into your right shoulder. And then from there, if you could just go straight across to your heart and say, what am I feeling? What's really going on? And then answer from there. Thank you. So, I'm Agnes, a compulsive overeater. Hi, Agnes. I come from a different uh, perspective. I come from having my feelings uh, expressed. I come from a family that wears their feelings and their emotions on their sleeves. I come from a family that yells, you know, and gets it all out. Let it all hang out, and uh, five minutes later, everybody's back to being lovey-dovey. 
you know, um, to being an adult where it's almost like it's not acceptable. That's my experience. You can't express anger. You can't seem to be able to say you hurt my feelings. You can't seem to be able to say you invaded my privacy or, or what is it called. So that's been my challenge. So when I'm abstinent, as I have been for quite a while, the feelings do come up. And working them with my sponsor, because I have to do the 10 step every day, we have to go down with what was I fearful of today? What emotions are bothering me? How was work? Just free therapy as it were. You know, where are the resentments and how do I deal with them? What are the challenges coming up? But what I've learned in trying to adjust that and with a profession that demands that I speak my mind and that I have the last word and that I'm, you know, I win over the other person, what I've learned is not to voice them unless I do a reality check, that I do it in a kind, fair, and unthreatening and not intimidating manner. And that's what I taught my children. Because when they became teenagers and I was eating, I could not, I could not uh, seem to relate to them without anger coming up from divorce and what have you. So we made a deal that they could tell me anything about their feelings, but they had to do it in a respectful, kind way. And I had to do that, even if it meant writing it down. So um, that's where I'm at. That send button on the computer, if you ticked me off at work, I would write you pages. But my deal with my sponsor is I send it to her. And um, I'm glad to give her that power and then at least hold it for 24 hours, you know. So even with my family and whoever, that's how I'm learning to deal with the feelings. I'm uncomfortable. I make a call. I call my sponsor. I do my 10 step at the end of the day. And I dare not send, send button in anger. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, everyone. My name is Julie, compulsive overeater, grateful, grateful to be here. <laughs> Love this topic. Thank you very much. Um, I have to do my historical work, and it goes back from generation to generation because I'm an African-American woman in recovery, and my ancestors could not feel their feelings or they'll get lynched. And that's been passed on from generation to generation. So as a young child, I was not allowed to have feelings. And so I use food as a feeling substitute. And so today in recovery, um, my fear-based feelings that show up quite frequently is anxiety, you know, feeling overwhelmed, um, also worrying and impatient because I want what I want, you know, and, and that's my spiritual dilemma because I um, take over my higher power's job. And, and it's fear-based. Like, for example, today, how my disease showed up in my fear-based feelings, there was two service workers here at the convention where they did something, and I felt very angry. And instead of, you know, creating a, a wall of resentment, I worked my steps. 
you know, and I processed my feelings instead of reacting, you know, and I sat back and I worked my steps and what came out was appreciation and gratitude, you know, because my higher power wants me to be happy, joyous, and free, and that's my higher power's will for me. Now, my will is to be angry and resentful, <laughs> and I do that well, <laughs> um, but if my primary feeling of anger, there is a gift in anger. The gift is assertiveness, strength, and energy. So actually, fear and anger is a friend that's misunderstood. And I'm so grateful to have feelings because they keep me connected to my higher power and um, keeps me out of the food. So thank you. Okay, thank you all for sharing and participating. That's all the time we have. Um, I'm going to make this announcement before we close in case you haven't heard that. As of 5 o'clock, there were still a few more tickets left for tonight's dinner speaker event and tomorrow morning's breakfast speaker event. So you can purchase tickets at the registration table. Dinner is 50 and breakfast is 30. All right, um, so please stand and join hands as we end the, um, as we close the meeting with the third step prayer. Shoulder, please. I'm allergic to my apples. Oh, okay, I'm good. to thee, to build with me, and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help. Of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life, may I do thy will always. Keep coming back. It works. was starting to is kind of I'm sorry no it's not your fault because um, there were people all out oh yeah the hallway is full of people yeah